Well, happy Reformation Day. You thought I was going to say something else, didn't you? Happy Reformation Day. 504 years ago today, Martin Luther nailed 95 statements on a church door. Now, you nail anything on our church door, we're going to have words. But in that day, that was like the community bulletin board. It's how you, uh, you know, let people know what's going on. And so they, uh, he nailed 95 statements to the Wittenberg church door and, uh, and uh, started something that now we call the Protestant Reformation. And uh, caused uh, really the church to, uh, he, he never intended to start a new denomination or start a new church. He just wanted the church that he was a part of, the, the Roman Catholic Church, to, to change some of the misguided things that they were doing at the time. And, um, and in the process, yes, uh, the Protestant church broke away from the Catholic church and uh, started something new. But also in the years to come, the, the Roman Catholic Church made a lot of changes. And a lot of the, uh, the corruption that was there, um, you know, they, they needed to deal with it. And, and uh, so Martin Luther changed really almost the entire Christian world, right? Kind of um, was shifted and changed because of what he did. Thank God for bold leaders. Thank God for people who are willing to take a stand and just say, you know, this is, this is what God is saying. This is where we're going. And, and uh, just, uh, just appreciate the legacy that that is, has left for us. Um, it, it was a return to the Scripture as our authority. It was a return to, um, you know, the Gospel being not you know, being about what Jesus did, not about what we did by obeying rules or paying, paying indulgences and all those things, right? But it was, it was getting back to the, the gospel. And uh, so that's good. So today is week four in uh, a six-week series that we're doing, looking at episodes in the life of Joseph. And as we've said each week till, up till now, um, this is a story about Joseph, and it's a story about you, right? So we, we don't want to just tell Bible stories because they're, because they're nice stories, because they're cute stories, because we heard them when we were children and they give us warm memories. We, we want to tell Bible stories because in them we can find um, how God encounters His people. And we can learn principles of how we can live for him today. And, uh, and that's where we're at. And so uh, I believe in this series, God is turning our attention to how he uses every season of our life to train us, to equip us, to strengthen us, to help us become uh, all that, that he wants us to be, all that we can be in the next season. Every season is equipping us to step into greater levels of authority, greater levels of effectiveness in living for God. And, uh, and so today, 
we're, uh, oh, 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 I forgot to plug something in. Can you plug my USB in the side of my computer there? I lost control. Lost it. There's a white USB hanging around to the right of the computer there somewhere. Yeah. So just plug that in somewhere. It would be great. Yeah. So today we're talking about be trustworthy. There we go. Thank you, Matt. Um, be trustworthy. We're going to be uh, looking at Joseph's faithfulness in the midst of difficulty and how God used that to shape his character and to open doors for him in the days to come. We said earlier in this series that, um, that it's not so much the circumstances of our lives that determine our path as it is our response to our circumstances that determines whether we will walk in victory, that determines what our path will look like. Um, and yes, as we've said already this morning, this has, been a, this has been a challenging year. So, what an opportunity for growth, right? It's the first thing on your mind, right? <laughs> but really, what an opportunity for growth. But, how are we responding? Whether we grow in this depends on, not on what happens to us, but how we respond to what happens to us. I don't know about you, but some days I get up and I face my day with faith and courage and vision and purpose. And other days I get up and I am a mess. Right? Let's, I mean, let's not sugarcoat it. Let's not pretend otherwise. It's life for all of us. Right? And some days we get up and we're a mess. And we have to find our way back to faith and courage and a sense of purpose. But like a father coaxing his child after they fall and skin their knees to get back up on the bike and try again, your heavenly Father is cheering you on even in the days when you fall flat on your face. And He's cheering you on. Come on. You can get up. Try it again. I've got more for you. I've got better for you. Get back on the bike. Let's go. So we turn in the scriptures to Genesis chapter 39. Again, this is the third week we're in this chapter. How many know scripture is so rich you can spend three weeks in a chapter and keep getting stuff from it, right? So we're going to read verses 1 to 6, and then verses 1 to 6a, I guess, and then uh, 
verses 22 and 23. Actually, uh, 20B to 23. Okay, here we go. Now, Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. Potiphar, an Egyptian who was one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard, brought him from the Ish- bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him there. The Lord was with Joseph so that he prospers, prospered, and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household, and he entrusted to his care everything he owned. From the time he put him in charge of his household and all that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had, both in the house and in the field. So Potiphar left everything he had in Joseph's care. With Joseph in charge, he did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. And then down to... uh, 20b but while joseph was there in prison this is after so in between there obviously we missed something but for the sake of time i didn't read all of it Um, but joseph got falsely accused and thrown in prison but while joseph was there in prison the lord was with him he showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden So the warden put Joseph in charge of all those held in the prison, and he was made responsible for all that was done there. The warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. You can hear some similarities between those two passages, can't you? Yeah. All right. So first big point today, faithful with little, trusted with much. So first day in Potiphar's house, when Joseph first arrived, he was bought off an auction block, a slave auction block, was bought and taken home. The first day in Potiphar's house, Joseph didn't get trusted with the keys. The first day he was probably sent to the stable to muck out the the horse poop out of the stables. And the second day he was sent to the stables to do the same thing. Probably the hundredth day he was sent to the stables to do the same thing. But Joseph did it well And he did it with an amazing attitude. And when Potiphar saw that Joseph's attitude was good and the quality was as good on day 100 as it was on day one, he said, I'm going to put him in charge of my horses. See how that goes. I'm conjecturing some things here, but, but work with me. After a year in charge of his horses, They were never as healthy and as clean as when Joseph was in charge. 
So Potiphar put him in, in charge of some of the rest of his staff. And when their productivity increased, Potiphar put him in charge of all of his staff. And then he put him in charge of some of his business ventures. And so on. Right? Because we see a progression happening here. Joseph, we don't know how long exactly Joseph was in Potiphar's house, but it was years. It wasn't days. It was 13 years between the time Joseph had his dream and sometime shortly after that was sold into slavery and the time when Joseph ascended to a place of prominence and leadership in Egypt. Thirteen years. Some of you have spent a lot of time between some promises that God has put in your heart and seeing those promises come to pass. What do we do in that waiting time? Do we just wait? Do we twiddle our thumbs? Sit on the couch and say, God, I'll get up when you do something. And all the while he's saying, I'll open some doors when you do something. Right? And Joseph proved himself to Potiphar when Many of us would have just crawled in the corner of the stable in a fetal position and said, I don't know, I don't know how I'm going to deal with this. But Joseph said, no, I'm going to get up and I'm going to serve. I'm going to do it with all my heart. I'm going to do my best. I don't understand what's happening, but I'm going to do my best. I'm going to do it with integrity. I'm going to work hard. And we see, this, we see this thing happen. I'm, I'm calling it today the promotion matrix. I believe God wants to promote each one of you in kingdom things. Believe that. Believe that God wants to grow you from one level of glory to another. 2 Corinthians 3.18 tells us, that as we behold His glory, we are transformed from glory to glory. That doesn't mean you sit in worship services and just wait for God to, to make you better. It means that every day, as you go about your day, you are beholding the face of God and you are doing, you're living your life with integrity and as worship to God. And that as you do that, God is going to grow you from one level of glory to another. Promotion. But we see in Joseph's life a promotion matrix, a process that happens. Verse 3, when his master saw that the Lord was with him. Call that the proof of calling. 
evidence that God's hand is on someone's life. Proof of calling. If, if, in, if in the church, right, we want to we see somebody go from, this is, this is called discipleship. This is called leadership development. We want to see somebody go from a brand new baby follower of Jesus to a leader. You don't just go from here to there by waving some kind of wand or, or reading 10 Bible verses. There's a, there's a process at work where we grow in our maturity, right? And, and the beginning place is when, when, when you begin to invest in someone's life, encourage them and strengthen them, is, is you see God's hand. Oh, there's something, there's something about that person. There's something there. I want to I invest in that. I want to pour into that. Right? Potiphar saw God's presence was on Joseph. Isn't that interesting? A pagan man saw the hand of God on Joseph's life. And then what happened? When his master saw the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did. So he saw something, there's something about this kid. I'm going to invest in this kid. I'm going to give him opportunities. I'm going to give him some responsibility and see what happens. And then he sees Success. He sees that, that when, when he does things, it works, right? He, he's, wow, he's got the wisdom to see what needs to be done. He's got the perseverance to see it through. He's productive. Wow, maybe I can trust him with a little more responsibility. Proof of competence. And then... Interesting. Joseph found favor in his eyes. Favor. Now, now, you can do a job well. You can do it efficiently. You can be productive and still be a jerk. Right? How many have known, you know, you know any productive jerks? right? That don't gain favor with the people around them. But Joseph did his job. Not only did he do it as worship, not only did he do it well and efficiently and productively, but as he did it, the people around him said, hey, this guy, I like being around him. He's got a, he's got a real positive energy, they might have said, Right? I like being with this guy. And I'll call that proof of community. And you see God's hand on someone's life. You see them working hard and, and being productive. And then you see that as they do it, the people around them get along well with them. And I would say, now you know I've got a leader. This is somebody 
to promote. This is somebody to give opportunity to. And so it says, it says, Joseph found favor in his eyes and he became his attendant. Now he's not just a slave. He's his personal administrator, his personal aid. He's been promoted. He's been elevated. Right? Promotion can only happen when someone has proven themselves um, in, in the way that they, they live, in the way they do what they do. And to do so before that would be foolish, wouldn't it? It would be dangerous. It would be dangerous and destructive to, to just promote somebody right away, to, to see somebody come to Jesus and say, here, have a title, go lead some people, would be, un, would be unwise because there needs to be some proving. 1 Timothy 5, verse 22 says, Don't be hasty in laying on hands and and do not share in the sins of others. When it's talking about laying on hands here, it's not talking about praying for prayer for healing or something. It's talking about um, ordaining someone into a a position of leadership. Don't don't do that hastily. Let Let their lives prove that they're ready, right? And again, we see the same process take place in the prison. Almost, almost word for word. But while Joseph was there in the prison, the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the, in the eyes of the prison warden, so the warden put Joseph in charge of all that were being held in prison. We see the same thing happening in the prison, the same process. In both these situations, Joseph was faithful over time and was trusted with increasing responsibility. Jesus said something like this in, in Luke 16, 10, when he said, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. We're faithful with little, will be trusted with much. So the question today for us is, what do we do with small things? What do we do with the small things? Because a whole bunch of little things add up to a character, to our character. Our character is made up of how we deal with all the little things. Do you show up for meetings or commitments on time? Do you show up at all? Or are you always canceling at the last minute? Do you keep your word? When you say you will do something, do you do it? Or are you often making excuses for why stuff didn't get done? We all all miss a deadline here and there. But do people 
believe that they can count on you. Right? Are you loyal to your friends? Are you courteous to strangers? Are you a gossip? Do people know they can trust you with the information that they give you in confidence? Folks, it's the, it's the things that we think are little things in our lives. It was the little things in Joseph's life that added up to Potiphar saying, I can trust this young man with leadership. It's little things. Or maybe you're waiting for God to show you some big picture of His will for your life. Over the years, I've had conversations with so many young adults who are eager to know God's plan for their life. I've had so many conversations with people in midlife who are reevaluating the direction of their lives. And often my first question is, are you doing what you already know God's will is? And they'll ask, what do you mean? Right? Well, 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 3 says, It is God's will that you should be sanctified that you should avoid sexual immorality, that you should learn to control your own body in a way that is holy and honorable. 1 Thessalonians, same book, same letter. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Jesus told us, love your enemies and pray for those who spitefully use you. It's God's will. Maybe until we are obedient in the things we already know are His will, we aren't ready to hear the next step of living His will. It's the little things. Be faithful in the smaller things and you will be positioned for more. So in this season of your life, whatever that means, maybe, maybe when I say that, you're thinking COVID stuff we're all dealing with. Or maybe when I say that, you're, you're thinking of some situation in your relational world or your financial world or whatever that you're dealing with or your work world. Whatever, whatever it means to you, in this season of your life, how are you doing with the small things? Because it will, how you deal with the small things will determine whether you are positioned for the next door that God wants to open to you. Big point number two, blessing spills. 
Verse 5. From the time... I think my mic is cutting out a bit. not sure why. From the time he put him in charge of his household and of all that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. The Lord blessed the household of this pagan man because Joseph worked there. Isn't that interesting? Everything Potiphar had was blessed because of Joseph's faithful service. Your faithfulness is not just about you. Your obedience or disobedience to God is never just about you. Because what you do as a kingdom child, as a child of the king, what you do touches the people around you. Your faithfulness is not just about you. People around you will be supernaturally blessed as God responds to your faithfulness in the same way that people around you will be affected if you make sinful choices. As kingdom people, we are climate controllers. We actually change the environment of a room that we walk into. I have a thermostat on my deck. Nice big one so I can see it really well. And uh, if I want to know whether it's warm enough to go outside and bare feet or whatever, I, I look out on my deck because the thermostat sorry, the thermometer, mixing my words up, the thermometer, um, when, it's, when it's warm outside, the temperature goes up. When it's cold outside, the temperature goes down. And the thermometer just reacts to its environment, right? Um, it has no ability to affect it as much as I might wish that on days. Um, it has no ability to affect it. It just responds to the environment. But in my living room, I have a remote for my heat pump. And it's a thermostat. And I can, I can if I want it to be cold in there, I can turn it down. If I want it to be hot, I can turn it up. I can set it so that the climate just stays the same. Um, I actually can control the climate, the environment of the room and my whole house with the push of a button. Not rocket science. Joseph was a tone setter. Rather than, compl than complain about the environment that he was in, he brought the environment with him. You don't, need to, to, you don't need a party to party. Be the party. Right? 
Be a mobile joy unit wherever you go. Bring the party with you. You walk into a room that's, that's you know, depressing, you can bring joy. You walk into a room that's, um, you know, fearful, you can bring hope. Joseph was a tone setter, a climate setter. I heard a conversation recently. Someone was complaining that the government should recognize the church as an essential service. I get it. I don't totally disagree with that sentiment. However, the other person said, how about you become essential in your city? so that nobody wants you to shut down. Isn't that an interesting thought? Rather than demand that somebody pay attention to us and somebody count us as essential, if we actually lived in such a way that our city begged us to keep our doors open, they begged us to be involved in serving the poor in our city, to be involved in helping those who are lost and confused and addicted. The city begged us to. Wouldn't that be something? Wherever Joseph went, he was essential. He brought blessing with him. He didn't beg for blessing. He didn't demand blessing. He didn't plead for blessing. He blessed, and in the process, blessing happened. Third observation this morning. Be faithful even when it hurts. I just, the, the, the phrase... In the second part of verse 20 here, just jumped out at me. But while Joseph was there in prison. But while Joseph was there in prison. What do you and I do when we are in a place of pain? Is it time for a pity party? Praise a good one. It's good. Cletus. Is it time for a pity party? Time for a grumble session? Time to try to figure a way to get out of the situation? How can I, how can I get out of this? What if, what if God spent years getting you into this situation so you could learn what you need to learn in this situation so you can be prepared for what's next. What if God is asking you to just trust him right now? Just trust me. Just serve faithfully where you are even if you don't feel like it. But while Joseph was in prison, 
You might say, but I, I don't want this. This difficulty, this pain, this struggle, this challenge, this whatever it is. I don't want this. And that's okay. But maybe you don't want what God has next for you either then. Because I guarantee you, hear me today, money back guarantee. I guarantee you that if you persevere through this season that you don't like, you will look back and say, if I hadn't walked through that, I wouldn't be ready for this. Guaranteed. Because God doesn't waste anything in your life if you are walking with Him. Now, if you're not walking with Him, let me talk to you for a moment. Whether you're here in this room or you're watching online, if you're running from God right now, if you're not living your life for Him right now, or if you've heard about this Jesus and how He came as the Son of God on earth to show humanity the love of God, and you've heard how He gave His life to save you from sin, but, but until now you've shut Him out, You've not surrendered your life to Him. Then I have no guarantees for you today. You see, the Bible says in Romans 8, 28, says this, And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. That's amazing promise from God. That He will turn every situation, no matter how terrible, no matter how painful, He will turn it to our good somehow. In the amazing way that God weaves the universe and the way that He weaves our lives, He will turn those things to our good. It's an amazing promise for those who love Him. For those who have given him lordship and leadership of their lives. Because if we've done that, then God can make of our lives whatever he wants. But if we're still holding on to the control of our lives and saying, no, this is mine. I'll go my way. Then God has no... He has no ability because he has limited, because God has limited himself to respecting your yes. Because he loves you that much. God will let you go to a hellish eternity without him if that's what you want. It's not what he wants, but he will let you do that because he will respect your yes. And if you say no to God, then I'm sorry today, but you are going to deal with your painful situation yourself. But those who surrender their lives to the Lord, He is able to redeem every circumstance and use it for our good. 
That alone is an amazing reason to right now, right here, give your life to Jesus. You don't want to waste the moments of pain in your life. Give them to Jesus and let him make something meaningful out of them today. While Joseph was there in prison, we see him walking through the same blessing promotion thing that we talked about before. He'd worked his way all the way up to the top management position in Potiphar's house. And then he finds himself in prison and once again he's at the bottom. Do you think he walked in and took, took control the first day? No, he walked in and he was the new guy. You know what we do to new guys? They get all the jokes. They get all the the tough stuff. They get all the hazing and all that stuff, right? But Joseph said, I will serve faithfully. I will start from the bottom and I will serve faithfully. And I'll give it my best. And I'll live with integrity. And I will love God with my life. I proved Him before. I will prove Him again. We need to remember how God has been faithful to us. Lastly, and and I'll make this brief because we're out of time, um, your reputation will precede you. In... uh, Later in, in the story... In uh, chapter 41, verse 39, Joseph um, gets this opportunity, this, this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to, as a slave and a, and a prisoner to be brought before Pharaoh, the great king of, of the Egyptian empire. And uh, verse 39, then Pharaoh said to Joseph, so Joseph has 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 interpreted Pharaoh's dreams. Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has made all of this known to you, there is no one so discerning and wise as you. You shall be in charge of my palace and all my people are to submit to your orders. Only with respect to the throne will I be greater than you. Pharaoh literally met Joseph 15 minutes ago. How, how can he possibly take this slave slash prisoner who comes before him and 15 minutes later he makes him the prime minister of the, of the nation? How does that happen? Well, it's because his reputation preceded him. The cupbearer went to bat for Joseph. He said, you should, you should meet this guy. It's amazing. And look what he did for me. His reputation preceded him. And Joseph, because he had shown himself to be faithful on opportunity after opportunity after opportunity, his reputation preceded him so that when his moment came, he was ready. I 
Our trustworthiness and our faithfulness will make a way for us. Don't sit on the couch waiting for God to make the way for you. Our trustworthiness and living our lives in obedience before God will make a way for us. It's not that we earn it, but it's that we are proven to be trustworthy as we live our lives. Doors will open that we don't expect if we show ourselves in small things to be faithful and to have the kind of character that God and people can trust. I'm going to ask the worship team to come on up and ask you to stand. Those of you who are in the room, those at home, you can stand too if you want. What can we learn from Joseph today? If we're faithful in little things, God and others will trust us with much. Our character is built on the small things. God has made you to be a tone setter, not to go up and down with the environment or the circumstances of your life, but to change our environment by having kingdom mindsets, by trusting God no matter what's going on around you. And if we persevere through painful seasons, God will use them to prepare us for greater levels of victory. Our trustworthiness will go before us and open doors of kingdom opportunity that you can't even imagine now. Why? How can we do that? How can we trust God when things are hard and painful? Because God is faithful. How can we be faithful in difficult situations? Because we can know that we know that we know that God is faithful. Even when I don't understand, God is faithful. Why is it important that we live faithfully? Because we are sons and daughters of the faithful one. Let me pray with us today and then we'll respond in a song of worship. God, we love you. We thank you for your love and your kindness and your goodness in our lives in this season and in every season. Thank you, God, that you have put something on the inside of us a kingdom authority, a kingdom strength. You have made your people resilient. You have made your people strong in faith and courage. God, no matter what they're going through right now, there, there is something on the inside of them that will enable them to rise up and be the people you've called them to be. And God, for those that I spoke to today that maybe have not surrendered their life to Jesus or they're in a season of running from you, God, I pray that today would be the day when they would give you their yes. And surrender their hearts and their lives to the King of Kings. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank